spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 196th annual Subliminal Surgeon Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody Andrew and pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Roar into fucking 200 episodes here. Yeah, I know. We are getting close. We, you know, we're not the most organized of individuals. So at one point we'll have to be like, you know what? Maybe we should think about the topic for episode 200, but uh, we'll keep that a secret from our fans here. But I wanted to deliver you some terrible fucking news that okay okay, so last friday right it's literally turning into april 1st and we get another 12 (laughs) inches of fucking snow what the fuck is going on phil i don't know well goddamn fucking bill gates must be turning up his weather machine or something like that i don't know it's it's crazy well it's it's gotten it's gotten a, a little bit nicer here I would say it rains like twice a week out here for so, you know, it's either rainy or like windy and cloudy. I've never seen it this cloudy in Arizona before. Well, I, they have warned that we're reaching a critical point in the earth, uh, with the, you know, pollution and stuff. So maybe this is unfortunately what the future will look like, but it's literally fucking freezing today, right? It's been kind of raining off and on since the gift from god the 12 inches of fucking snow i think that brings us over 100 inches for like the winter in minnesota now which is the record or we broke the record and then we got another 12 inches so (laughs) (laughs) it was like hold my beer a minute let's really break this fucking record yeah say i gotta ask did the meteorologists in minnesota did they all fucking go nuts for breaking the record i don't know i don't watch the local news but i'm sure they did but yeah so it's interesting so allegedly i'm air quoting here on sunday saturday or sunday it's supposed to be 60 degrees and it has not gotten past like 40 since it has to be late last september Mm. and um then all next week's like 70s so theoretically if that goes through, it will melt the fucking eight foot snow pile outside of my house right now. Okay. God, I do not miss it. No. Um, it's no. starting. You can feel it uh, in the afternoons here on days that it's not cloudy or misty. It's starting to get, it's going to get hot pretty yeah. soon here. Uh, it, it seems so. Usually the, the real heat starts coming in what, like May, and then it gets, not the real heat, well, I should say this, it starts getting warm, like 90s in May, and then the real heat, like late June, early July. Uh, it feels like this year, though, it might flip a switch on us, and we might get hit with some some real heat, because like some afternoons, it's pretty fucking hot already. So it's already, like, it, it already broke the 90s for a couple of days last week. So. Yeah, the uh, in May, it's probably going to be like literally the best time of the year 
in Minnesota where it's like that perfect, almost sweater weather, which I like. Um, mm. That's when I'm going to be in Florida and it'll probably be <laughs> a fucking <laughs> swamp ass everywhere. But, uh, you know, whatever. So uh, you said you had a uh, some tidbits you would like to talk about. Oh, not really much. I mean, went to the bar this past weekend. We went and watched. So Iowa women, the uh, Hawkeyes, they were in the final four for the, the women's tournament and had a really good game. It was really close. Won that game. Uh, I was super excited to to watch the finals, but I kind of I didn't at the last moment. I'm glad I didn't because we we ended up getting beat by like 20 points, but <laughs> it was crazy. So there wasn't a ton of Iowa fans, but everyone in the bar was talking about how they heard about uh, Caitlin Clark. Iowa's kind of like main player and everyone still liked her. This was before all of the bad press she got for, you know, the John giving Cena. All of the, yeah, being <laughs> the you can't see me and, the you know, basically during the game, she was just letting their guard shoot. So the the team that they were against uh, South Carolina, their their best player was their center, who was at least a foot taller than our tallest chick. So they, they were playing like three people against her. But yeah, it was it's crazy how the worm had turned like so quick that everyone hated her. But yeah. I couldn't believe how many people like not only were huge fans of women's basketball, which I am not. I just kind of, you know, I also heard about her triple double and wanted to watch the game. But yeah, it was crazy how many people were talking about her. That's what I thought in a bar so, in fucking Mesa, Arizona. I mean, that's the power of John Cena. True. What? Yeah. I, did she get like a, in trouble for taunting? No, but what she did get was uh, a fucking receipt. From the the best player on the LSU Lady Tigers team, apparently ah. she like showed her her ring finger and said like you're not going to get one of these basically. Ooh. So yeah, one of those deals. Oh, so she did that in the finals. Yeah, so the other team did that to her in the final. Okay, they were taunting her. Basically. Oh, while I, while Iowa was getting their asses kicked, they were taunting our best player. Basically, is what happened. Yeah. Ah, okay, so it wasn't the Iowa girl taunting her. No, in that game. In that game, she was apparently eating a lot of crow from what I heard. Uh, they were, they at best, they were losing by 10 points at one point in the game. And then LSU turned it up pretty much and it was over. I was on Saturday, I was watching a friend's dad. He does like a, a dad rock cover band kind of thing, um, mm. which was awesome. He He's great. Um, but in the background, they had, I think it was the final four championship maybe or maybe it was the woman's one i don't know but i i saw a game where it was like the higher ranked team was losing by two points and there's only like 13 seconds left and somehow they managed to make a shot and then the other team <laughs> lost which is ugh, that's got to be disheartening oh definitely yeah that's the thing about like winning at the last second it's like oh we almost won it but it's like uh you could have probably won it at like so many points in the minutes before that moment. But I believe Saturday was the men's final four. And then okay. Monday was the men's championship, okay. which UConn won, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. You know what? That yeah. is the the motto of the Minnesota Vikings. We almost, almost always win. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, came in, we came in second, though. Every, yeah. every game we lose, we came in second. It's a moral but, victory. Uh, it's a moral yes. victory. Um, but uh, 
you know, we've been talking about a lot of uh, sports, Phil, so I guess I'll let you go ahead and take over the reins here. All right. The moon landing, JFK's 1963 assassination, 9-11, and the destruction of the Challenger. All momentous events that changed society as a whole, all the while being seared into the memories of those who lived through them, usually remembering exactly where they were when they learned of this earth-shattering news. Now, Cody, let me ask you, what do you remember about Super Bowl 38, which took place on Sunday, February 1st, 2004? I gotta be real with you. I don't think I watched it, but obviously I know the outcome uh, in hindsight because um, I don't know how much you want me to spoil but I think this was the rise of uh, of Thomas Brady. Yes, it was the rise of Tom. The, so this this was uh, the game kind of where he ascended into stardom, you could say. So uh, let me give you a little hint, though. Something big made an appearance at that year's halftime show. Okay, then I can probably <laughs> <laughs> can probably guess because I assume it's the quote unquote accident. Yep, definitely. The wardrobe malfunction. The wardrobe. Seen world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the wardrobe malfunction. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, in case anyone cares, the New England Patriots defeated the Carolina Panthers 32-29 to on, of course, a last-second field goal by Adam Vinatieri. Though, no one really seems to remember anything about that Super Bowl besides, of course, the very controversial halftime show, which featured one of the most momentous moments in television history when the fraction of a second breast exposure led to hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines, the ending of a star's two-decade-long career, and the coining of the term wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is uh, this beca- This was like a fucking media sensation. Oh, yes. So many things have had satirical moments in their show about it. I think basically Family Guy did a whole episode about it. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. And South Park did an episode too, uh, where there was an episode where Cartman believed that he had superpowers to become invisible. It was the one where the they had the ninja weapons. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Cartman, Cartman needed to go up on stage, so he took off all his clothes because he thought he'd be invisible. Then he claimed to have a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. The fa- the Family Guy one is um, somebody, sh- I think it's the guy who plays Two-Face in The Dark Knight. Um, mm. he, he whips his balls out on TV, and then the FCC starts censoring everything, and they, like, censor people's homes. Do you remember that one? Oh, and they they come into the bathroom. Yeah, and <laughs> somebody's going to the bathroom, and the one shake. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, thank you, PP Police. <laughs> I I wish I could watch Family. I've heard the like newer seasons are pretty good, but I just I think it's only on Hulu, maybe. Yeah, well, Family Guys goes through such ups and downs. Uh, basically, like entire. You know, it's been on for so long that you'll really like the show. And then all of a sudden it'll not be good for years. And then they'll have this huge resurgence and then it won't be good again for years. So you got to kind of figure out like what's good. 
kind of like the Simpsons, but the Simpsons had like four good seasons and then it's never been good since. It's been riding the early 90s seasons forever. I know. I I don't think that shit's been funny since fucking probably like 20 years. Oh, yeah. There's whole YouTube videos you can watch on this. (laughs) But (laughs) to give up... a. To give a little setup for the events in question, at the 2004 Super Bowl 38 halftime show, Jessica Simpson would start off the event with Janet Jackson coming onto the stage singing her first song, All For You. After that song, Kid Rock, Sean Puffy Combs, and Nelly would come on, also singing some of their hits. Uh, Janet Jackson would come back out onto the stage singing her second song of the night, Rhythm Nation, uh, which I had never heard I listened to the video, never heard of it before. After the end of that song, Justin Timberlake, who had supposedly won a fan vote, uh, basically to decide who would come on and perform that year with Janet Jackson, would join her on stage. Okay, I. it's funny. This is how relevant this is, is that I didn't even realize anybody else but Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake were at this halftime show. Oh, yeah. Like I said, a lot of people don't remember much about that game or even like the rest of the halftime show. Everyone pretty much remembers like three seconds of this halftime show and then nothing else about Uh, that night. Do you want to hear something I heard controversial about Kid Rock today? Well, hold on. I wanted to say one thing. Okay, go ahead. So I'm guessing that Carolina Panther fans, because it was the Super Bowl that they you know, lost in the last second. They probably remember it. And Tom Brady's fans and Patriots fans probably remember it because it was a really big night for them. It was yeah. one, the thing is, though, Patriots fans probably don't remember it as much because it was like one of the, you know, however many five or six Super Bowls they won in that stretch. So, um, yeah, I think the Carolina Panthers. No, I guess the Carolina Panthers did go back to the Super Bowl versus the Broncos. I remember. Uh, you were visiting me, and we watched it uh, one that night. Yeah. They've kind of been a dumpster fire <laughs> kind of ever <Yes>. since then. <laughs> the quarterback carousel, I yeah. believe. I yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure even in this Super Bowl, they had a backup quarter, or like a journeyman quarterback, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So, I mean, he wasn't beating, you know, the vaunted Patriots defense of this era and Tom Brady. They just, they ain't beating him. But, uh, God, fucking all these people who you listed, not really relevant anymore. Maybe Justin Timberlake, but the rest of them have kind of been forgotten. Yeah, not even Justin Timberlake. He is he is getting towards like the end of his career. He he did do, I believe, the Super Bowl back again in 2018, which we'll talk about later. But really in like maybe four or five years. Kind of like post-COVID or, you know, during COVID, there was a lot of people who just kind of like fell off. I th- Maybe I, I, that's what it was. I actually think he might be a producer now. Oh, okay. So making his money that way off yeah. the backs of uh, starving performers. <laughs> well, hey, people made the, their money off the backs of him, so he might as well keep, oh, the, definitely. keep yeah. the fucking circle going. If anybody deserves to fucking make money off of other people, it's the fucking boy bands of the early 2000s, late 90s. Those poor bastards were making less money than we were making at Mabes to fucking sing to fucking arenas full of people. Yeah, I know. No shit, right? Yeah. So after singing her first two songs solo, Jackson and Timberlake would sing Justin's hit song, Rock Your Body, 
they would be dancing very provocatively the whole time until the final verse, which if anyone remembers is going to have you naked by the end of this song. That is when Justin Timberlake, after they had stopped singing that verse, would reach over and rip off a piece of Janet Jackson's top that was covering her right breast, exposing her for a fraction of a second before the television producers could cut away to an aerial view, though that fraction of the second was enough with the, I would say it was coming into popularity at the time, DVR service TiVo. Apparently, this would become TiVo's most paused and rewatched moment in the company's history. Really? Yes. A lot of perverts out there, I guess. Yeah, though I will say that most of the articles that I read were from the years probably like to 2010. So if TiVo was like still around, maybe later on it got beaten out by something else. But at the time, it was like in the history of TiVo for a while, it was the most paused and rewatched moment. Yeah, I I don't think TiVo is a thing anymore. I don't think. Don't quote me on that. Um, I think no. Basically, every cable service will offer you a DVR, pretty much like with your service. So it's all yeah, all digital saving and whatnot. If we're chipping away, I guess starting this, it is a weird coincidence that he says that, and then her breast (laughs) pops out. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we're we're going to get into quite a bit of it later on. Okay. But it I mean, they do claim that it was a wardrobe malfunction because not the entire thing was supposed to come off when he ripped that piece of fabric off, basically. Okay. So uh, we'll get into it later. But yeah, okay. uh, have going to have you naked by the end of the song is kind of the key that, you know, like when the the big reveal is supposed to happen. Let's call it. Okay. All right. I uh it's funny when you said that line. I'm like, I don't know Justin Timberlake songs. Um, but when you said that line, it like kind of did that little flicker in my head. I'm like, I, I think I might have heard this song before. Yeah, it's so it's one of those things where he had like extremely popular songs. This was oh, this was uh after he had left in sync, like all of this. So he was on the come up, basically. He was his star was rising. That was one of his big songs, kind of like the Crimea River song was a big one. Then he had a bunch of ones that he, because I listened to a bunch of his songs like while writing this to kind of figure out like where his career went. So then he started doing some movies too. Um, he was in Elf the really dog. good one where they, I forgot what it was. Uh, the one where they kidnapped the kid. Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, then he was in some chick flicks too. But Alpha Dog was a great movie. There's a one with like the the time thing where you got to like oh, see when you were going to die. Yeah, in time. That wasn't a very yeah. good movie. No, not a great movie. If you like sci-fi, it's okay. But even for a sci-fi movie, it's fucking terrible. And I've seen yeah. some terrible fucking sci-fi. <laughs> so I would say terrible movie to watch. If you like sci-fi, uh, a four out of ten for, yeah. Okay, all right. So you, I watch the shitty horror movies. You watch the shitty sci-fi movies. Sci-fi movies. We've yes. got we've got two entire genres covered, guys. So, <laughs> yeah, the horror sci-fi movies. That's where it. That's where that Venn diagram comes. So. <laughs> now, before we get into the outrage that followed this momentous event, it may be hard to remember exactly what it was like before, kind of like the modern technology that we have. 
like all the internet apps, all the services that we kind of take for granted today. And if you're under the age of 20, you might not remember at all because you may have grown up with an iPhone, which I mean, someone who's our age remembers exactly kind of when iPhones started coming into prominence, taking over from, well, you know, iPods and cell phones, basically mixing all these things together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's funny because I don't want to say I was on, you know, the front lines, but um, I was working at Best Buy when I think it was the iPhone, which I think it was three that became the one that was like a smartphone, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think the first generation of iPhone was, it, I mean, it, it wasn't like the smartphone that you think about today. The internet was very limited. You'd probably get charged into fucking oblivion. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I remember it vividly where it was, if you bought the iPhone 3, you could pay like a little amount of money and get unlimited data. And then they kind of like changed that later on where you had to pay, you can only have like so much data. You remember that? Oh yeah. This was definitely before kind of what we have now, which is just unlimited everything. Yeah. So normal. But it, it, like if you, if you have a service where you have to pay for minutes or gigs or download memory, whatever it's, you need to switch services because, or you live in bumfuck nowhere, well, Pittsburgh. Well, what I'm saying is like, it's funny because clearly they had the capabilities to do unlimited service. And then they were like, actually, we can make more money <laughs> yeah. if we put caps on it. And then it came back around where it's like, okay, we get unlimited data for everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. And internet was not in its infancy, but it was definitely <laughs> like you know, juvenile at that point. Yeah. Internet service was pretty spotty around the country. You know what I mean? It, unless you, if you lived in a big city, it was, fun. but if you lived in a small town or, you know, a not like the rural, like a rural area, like where we lived, it wasn't great at all. Not even good at that point. I remember when they had caps on text messages. Mm hmm. Yeah. Was, when uh, you had to pay per text. Yeah. Fucking yeah, ridiculous fucking insane well kind of getting into that so at that point in history uh television networks and tv stations were still very much in control of the content that they had put out with the actual video sharing only happening at that time on a personal level with the trading of vhs tapes between friends and through the you know real like postal service mail uh that was all the real video sharing that you could do I mean, there were some people on the internet who, you know, could do that if they were wizards at it. But the things that we take for granted today just weren't there. Uh, CBS and its parent company would bury the aforementioned halftime show segment, forbidding its release of the raw footage after the extreme backlash from said incident. Even though this is, you know, you know, 20 years ago, they were a lot more conservative with this type of thing than they are today like if this honestly though if this happened today this shit would be everywhere no one would really care that much you know what i mean the news cycle would roll over it in half of a day it's, yeah and the thing is too 
back then porn was, you know, not readily available. If you didn't see it on the internet, it took forever to download and maybe you saw like a blurry picture, you know, or you had like some videotapes or magazine. Now porn is and naked images are so easy just to see on the internet. It's nothing now. It's it like now it'd be, oh, it's just a nipple, you know, whatever. I think you're misremembering, Phil, because 2004, um, our friend group was constantly downloading shit from the internet. Uh, I remember we, I don't know if you had it, but a lot of us had it where it was like a CD full of downloaded porn from the internet. Downloaded? No, yes. I don't, I don't remember the downloading. I remember the, uh, the VHS, the, the, the two VCRs, that system. I remember yeah. that, but no, uh, I didn't have a computer back then. We didn't get a computer until I was a senior and we didn't have internet. Dude, so. I was I was downloading music and stuff on my grandma's computer and um, our friend Eric, he had his internet constantly running, downloading <laughs> uh, fucking music or um, he downloaded a lot of anime, I remember. That was something yeah. that was hard to get a hold of outside of Cartoon Network. Um, real quick story here. Um, about the like trading VHSs, right? So I was watching this documentary on one of my favorite bands, Cannibal Corpse. And, you know, they came up in like the 80s, late 80s. And all these kids were talking about when they were getting, because, you know, like death metal was kind of smaller then. And people would like meet at shows and then trade cassette tapes with each other so they could record it and then give them back like that was their method of like sharing music was (laughs) trading the band seat like cassette tapes so they could have a copy of it because it was so hard for them to get it oh yeah so every so a lot of the wrestling that you'll watch will have similar situation with fans and trading tapes from like japan or England, you know, okay. from around the world, basically like mailing each other tapes. They'll make friends at different shows and then they'll like, like mail tapes to each other. And by the time you get the tape, it might be one of those deals where it's been copied 50 times. Yeah. So you're just watching like a, sh- you're just watching a shitty like copy of a 50 times copied Japanese death match. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing with that, I'm guessing, with the copied, copy, copy kind of deal. I'm just going to say, I much prefer modern technology. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, speaking about that, later on in 2004, three friends would be discussing the big incidents that had become known as Nipplegate and how hard it was to actually find the footage of the pop stars split second flashing with the three young men pondering what it would be like to have an internet service where people could upload videos and share with others from around the world. A year later, Chad Hurley, Stephen Shen, and Jawed Kareem, I said his name very wrong, but formerly of PayPal, would launch YouTube. That would happen on February 14th, 2005, almost a year exactly later than the Super Bowl happened. So these guys were such perverts that they made a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, this was one of the things that they kind of credit. They credit this and another thing. 
but this is they they credit this as being one of the things that kind of uh, put them towards making basically like a file sharing network on the internet. YouTube would grow in popularity very fast, just explode. Eventually, they would get bought up by Google, and then all those men would be again, you know, multi multi millionaires. Yeah. So they were already doing pretty well from PayPal, but. Um, yeah, I can, uh, I remember 2005 when YouTube, uh, rolled around. I still remember watching videos all the fucking time on it. Yeah, that's, so 2005 was the first year that I actually had internet, like, kind of to myself, because I was in college at that time. We had it in, in the dorm, so. Y'all got internet here? Woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, li- I lived in fucking Emmitsburg, Iowa, so to have internet in a fucking sp- Sound like that was actually pretty. A lot of people be, did. Be like, what? What is X videos? What is this, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is delightful. Thank you, Iowa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, in the immediate moments after the incident, as I previously mentioned, the cameras would quickly cut away from the performance as Jenna Jackson would reach her hand up and cover herself. This would leave the two on stage with Jackson supposedly being brought a towel and Justin Timberlake just kind of like walking off, you know, afterward. Justin Timberlake in an interview with Access Hollywood's Pat O'Brien after the game would say, hey, man, we love giving you something to talk about. Though later on, he would be changing his attitude about what had happened that night. This happened really after the heat began to build around the incident. Yeah, I think unfortunately Justin at this point might have learned the lesson that media does doesn't understand sarcasm or have a sense of humor. That is uh that has to be the most annoying part of being like in the spotlight, in my opinion. But are you insinuating possibly he knew more and then he backed off? Well, we'll we'll talk about it later okay. on. Um this is kind of a little bit of a teaser for kind of one of the little theories that's been kind of floated around uh, that we'll talk about at the end but definitely his attitude was different than it would be in you know the days and even months after all of this happened his uh asians probably like justin look at pat o'brien's mustache do you think this man's ever <laughs> laughed in his life you can't be saying stuff like that oh definitely yeah. that dude he literally had like, respect that mustache had like it was as thick as a shop broom is that thick, just on his fucking upper lip. It was so intense. Sweeping away the bullshit. Yes, yes, he was. So, after the game had ended, MTV, which had produced the halftime show, would claim that they had no prior knowledge of this stunt, and this was along with CBS and, of course, the NFL, who would make similar statements about what had happened that night. The next day, Timberlake and Jackson would apologize, making the claim that what was meant to have actually happened was a costume reveal. This would occur when Justin only pulling on the top layer of Janet's closing to reveal a red laced bra underneath. Though in what was explained as, like I mentioned before, a wardrobe malfunction, the whole thing came off. It would seem, though, that an apology wouldn't be enough, as the FCC, which stands for the Federal Communications Commission, launched an investigation into the matter almost immediately. Well, we can say this about the the NFL claiming that they had pro- no prior knowledge. 
how long did they say this about concussions too? I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I, re- I, I think I, thirty years. <laughs> I think their credibility might be a little shoddy. Um, still is, uh, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, obviously, these billion dollar companies are not going to admit anything that could get them in trouble. I think with the concussions thing, basically they kept their mouth shut about it for a few decades. And then when it came out, they claimed to have no prior knowledge. And then when it was pretty much figured out that they had known for years about what was going on, they just said, well, eh, here's some money to some of the, you know, fucked up players. That's about it. Yeah. uh, Vince McMahon, I think he was really happy that they got blamed and not him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, he had taken all. The Chris Benoit uh, murder-suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, okay, so obviously FCC are known for going a little little overboard. Is that what they do in this scenario? Well, yeah, so basically the next day, FCC commissioner at the time, who I'm going to talk about now, Michael Powell, though he would later claim that during all of this, he would have to put on his best outraged face in the aftermath of the incident he would call the controversial television moment a classless crass and deplorable stunt at the time with the fcc eventually finding cbs with its maximum punishment allowed that was twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars for each of its affected 20 affiliate stations that had aired the broadcast this would total five hundred and fifty thousand dollars in total which used to be a lot of money 20 years ago. I mean, even then for CBS, I don't know. They probably just didn't get their bonus that year. Yeah. Uh, well, nowadays, $550,000 would be a joke for a company. That's almost nothing. Back then, I think it was maybe a little bit more. They were When they were talking about the federal budget, they were still talking in the millions back in the early 2000s and not much really in the billions, that would come, well, actually, it, during that time, during the Iraq War, is when they started talking about, like, terms of billions and not millions anymore. Eventually, now, now it's trillions. Now, whenever there's a bill, it's always a trillion dollars, but... Very true. Very true. I'm sure they still weren't hurting. Oh, no. Yeah, especially right, right after they, you know, had the Super Bowl. I'm sure they're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Now, FCC Commissioner Michael Powell, when speaking about the immediate moments after the incident, claimed that while sitting on the couch watching the game with his wife, after watching that halftime show, he had turned to her and lamented that tomorrow was going to be a rough day. And apparently it was. When he got to work, he would claim that many of his staff were lined up to express their sheer outrage at the incident, also claiming that... Their phones were ringing off of the hook that day with angry viewers complaining about what had happened and what they had seen. More importantly, what their children had seen. The viewership for that year's Super Bowl was supposedly around 140 million. Okay, do you really think that many people called? Oh, no, not 140 million. No, 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 no. no, I'm guessing guessing it was in the thousands. Like, who were complaining, not the millions, no. Have you ever watched something on TV and then been like, I better call and complain about it? No, but you can imagine the people who would be like that 
I mean, especially now with the rise of the Karen, you know, we all can imagine the type of person who would call. <sighs> it's just, I wish that people on the other line would be like, do you literally not have anything better to do with your life? Oh, yeah. Be like, okay, look, your kid's like two years old. The nipple, you it was so fast, you could barely even see it. And the kid's not even going to rem- All she's going to remember is you acting like a psychopath on the phone. So yeah. who's doing the real damage here? <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. If you blinked, you missed it. It's one of those situations. Kind of like I was talking about how really like video sharing wasn't a thing back then. A lot of people never really saw it. They just heard about it because unless you had TiVo or you happen to be taping the game, really, you didn't you couldn't like rewind live TV back then. And if you weren't taping it, you just couldn't watch it. So. Well, OK, I'm not trying to go anywhere with this, but I'm assuming for research purposes, you looked up the picture, right? Oh, yeah. The image. If you Google image it, that's what pops up. A lot of the images are just like a. You know, they'll put like a sticker over the whole thing. But yeah. But, but what I'm saying is part of the breast that's exposed is so tiny that like like it's there. I think if I remember, you see like you don't see the whole nipple. It's like a half of it. Right. Well, yeah. So like her whole breast is out, but she's wearing what's called a nipple shield. So that's covering up most of it. OK. Yeah. OK. That's what I thought. Like. Okay, so that, let's just say half of a breast is out, one breast, and it's like a millisecond, it's like a second, like boom. You know, you it's like a when someone puts a secret slide in a movie, you don't even notice it's there. Oh, like Fight Club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so quick, like, you know, it's, I don't know, it it's whatever. I think 2004 was a different time than it is now for sure. So I'm willing to bet that a lot of people jumped on the train of the outrage, or maybe they were told by other people to call in and be angry. You know, one of those situations, like an alpha Karen, maybe called her beta Karens and told them to call in to the FCC. How many people do you bet? And I bet this is a lot of them. We're like, oh, I bet I can sue them and get some money out of this. Yeah, I didn't read about any of that kind of happening but today it would probably there would be a fucking there would be someone who tried to sue i'd imagine here's the thing class action lawsuit get some people on board their lawsuit couldn't have went anywhere but i guarantee that was a thought in their head oh definitely yeah i can get some money out of this yeah or maybe i can get a little fame out of it that would be very true can i get a little fame out uh before i move on i should also say if the name powell sounds familiar that's because Uh, Michael Powell is the son of Colin Powell, who at the time was a part of the White House staff. So really, I mean, you got to think about it. He probably really didn't care that much about like morals and standards on television at the time. This was probably just a, you know, one of those jobs that you're just kind of handed. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I don't know. Like he said, he probably didn't care, but he had act outrage. And then obviously his. Workforce was quote unquote outraged, but probably only outraged because of annoying people on the phone. Or because they thought they had to be. Like Very he did. true. One of those deals. He probably I doubt anyone really gave a fuck. But maybe their paycheck depended on them giving a fuck. So Very one true. Of, one Very of those true. situations. Yeah. It's one of those things where I can see myself in his position 
and you're just kind of, you know, ugh, it's a it's a paycheck. Yeah, you know? very true. Now, in the aftermath of the incident, White House spokesman Scott McClellan would say of the controversy, our view is it's important for families to be able to expect a high standard when it comes to programming. There is, though, a theory that the Bush administration had used and built that outrage from the nipple flashing to take attention away from the Iraq war. Oh, okay. I kind of like this, actually. Yeah, it's one of those things where, and we're going to talk about it right now, kind of how not really, well, let's just say this. So the Bush administration kind of coincided with the rise of the Christian right. It, it There was a big comeback at that time. Uh, the tea after party. years, after years of the Clinton administration, they were kind of uh, coming back in a big way. Let's just say. So maybe what Iraq's weapons of mass destruction actually were <laughs> was a recorded TiVo of Janet Jackson's nipple <laughs> from the Super Bowl. Yes, in an attempt to destroy America. Yeah, just uh, a single nipple was shown on TV for a fraction of a second <laughs> just to destroy our way of lives. It's one of those deals where they kind of blame Hollywood and musicians, entertainment, basically, as like what's bringing this country down. Like, oh, that's part and parcel of what's the problem with America right now is that they think they can get away with this sort of thing. One of those deals. So there was a lot of the outrage coming from the Christian right. I mean, let's be real. It, they still say that stupid stuff. Oh, definitely. It's gone down a lot, but yeah, they're still around. I'm sure they would say we're destroying America too, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I, they probably don't talk about us. We're not big enough <laughs> yet. But it's one of those, it's one of those deals where uh, basically it's a good issue too that you can latch on to. You know, imagine how many churches latched onto this and, you know, their membership went up and you know, got more money in the till. Cause that's really what it's about. Putting butts in the seat and getting money in the fucking basket. Company. Very true. Very true. Yeah. If it wasn't for dollars, there wouldn't be any church. They might as well be selling fucking hamburgers. That's <laughs> I've said it a fucking thousand times, but you know, without fear, intimidation and all of that, really, there's no reason to have church at all. So, I mean, that's how insane got to the top. Fear and intimidation. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Yep. So in the aftermath of Nipplegate, the world of entertainment would change drastically for a short period of time, but it was noticeable, with the incident causing many television shows to put the kibosh on any racy storyline or perceived partial nudity for the time being. Even Victoria's Secret's fashion show was canceled that year. Uh, the following year's Super Bowl halftime show would feature quite possibly the safest act that they could find. Paul McCartney, who was alleged to have not actually died in a car accident many years before, would perform four songs, including Drive My Car, Get Back, Live and Let Die, and Hey Jude, of which I've heard of Hey Jude, and I think Live and Let Die was an 80s hair band, maybe. Uh, those are all Beatles songs. Drive my car and get back is a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. get back. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I've heard get of get back. back, get back. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm like genuinely shocked. I mean, I guess he's one of two that are still alive, but I'm <laughs> genuinely shocked. They even, uh, 
because I, I don't know didn't michael jackson own them their songs at this time or maybe not quite yet i don't know when he did that uh i've heard i think that's all that story is actually might be a about how Michael Jackson fucked over Paul McCartney on getting those songs. But I do believe, so Get Back definitely was a Beatles song. I've never heard that the Drive My Car, I've never heard of that song. I mean, Live and Let Die is, Hey Jude is, I don't know about Drive My Car. There's so many fucking Beatle fanatics, I'm sure. We will be getting emails or messages, but... Um, Angry emails. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the Alpha Karens are coming after us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So even though Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson had both previously apologized immediately afterwards, neither of the two were going to be invited, apparently, to that year's Grammys unless they offered public apologies coming at that event. Now, Justin Timberlake would accept the invitation, though Jackson would not. This spurred CBS executive Les Moonves to forbid Janet Jackson's music from ever being played on CBS or any other affiliated channels. That included MTV and VH1, which at the time still played music. This is such a fucking overdramatic response. From CBS. definitely. Like, oh my God. Like, oh, you're not going to apologize? We're not playing your music then. Just like, shut the fuck up, Les Moonviz. Yeah, and for someone to, like CBS, I don't know exactly how radio stations that they're like, the network that they belong to kind of controlled. But there was a lot of like radio stations that were no longer playing her music. And this was, I mean, like, this is a decade or even longer afterwards. MTV, VH1 at the time, at 2004, if your videos weren't playing there, no one saw them. I hate to break it to you, Phil, but 2004, MTV was a lot of reality shows. It was, but you could still watch music videos on at They two still in had the morning, like Total Request Live. At 2 in the morning, well, yeah, I guess there was that. They, there was still TRL, but... They were starting to hit up the reality TV pretty hard. And they launched MTV2. I'm not sure when. MTV2 was only music videos for a little bit. And then that was also reality I remember, TV shows. I remember at like 2 in the morning. I can't remember if it was MTV2 or MTV. They'd have Headbangers Ball. This shit was mm. fucking lit. There was, uh, oh, yeah. there was all the bands that... I would see him come on there play and then be then I remember our trips to Best Buy where we'd blow our entire paycheck. Um <laughs> we I would see blow the, our meager fucking minimum one. I would see yeah. the the bands and headbangers ball and then I'd just like go buy the CD because I liked it. And uh yeah, kinda <laughs> I can just remember some of the fucking bands I had just uh just great. I loved them. Yep. Back in the day when we only spent money on CDs. Cigarettes, movies, and gas, yep. pretty much. That's it. Yeah. We would, we would buy DVDs and, yeah. Great times. Great times. <laughs> no responsibility. Nope. Janet Jackson, before this incident occurred, I don't know. I think, so she was huge during the late 80s and during the 90s. She had reached her highest, obviously, uh, but she was still a huge star. After this, she would still have a career in music. But definitely not as, you know, not as big as she was. 
And when anyone talked about Janet Jackson, all that they would mention afterwards was Nipplegate. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Definitely tarnished her career in a way that it did not tarnish Justin Timberlake. Who would go on? Who at the time he was? I should say that his star at the time was on the rise. He had just gotten out of In Sync. Uh, his solo career was like burning. His career was definitely on the up, but no one really remembers Justin Timberlake for ripping her, you know, ripping her shirt off as much as they remember Janet Jackson for having her uh, boob exposed at yeah. that year's Super Bowl show. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, at that year's Grammys, Timberlake would not only apologize, he would also apparently travel to Les Bez's home and apologize in person. During later statements that Justin Timberlake had given, he would seemingly throw Janet Jackson under the bus, insinuating that the wardrobe stunt was totally her idea, coming completely from her camp, with the change in the performance coming after dress rehearsal, and that he was shocked when her breast was exposed, and he felt very embarrassed by what had happened. Though, he would also still continue claiming that the flashing was a complete accident. Well, I can see why there would be no possibility of Justin Timberlake's balls being exposed because he clearly doesn't have any. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. This is the most uh, little bitch move I've ever heard. Yeah, I should say it didn't take very many years after this for Justin Timberlake to kind of come out and own up to the fact that, you know, like some of the things that he said about uh, also his ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears, he would come apologize about that stuff. He would also apologize for what he had said about Janet Jackson. He pretty much ruined their friendship. They apparently had a pretty pretty good friendship before then. Uh, Janet Jackson was the one who actually invited InSync to come on tour with her. They opened for her, and that's kind of how they got their start. So it ruined that friendship. Yeah, I don't. He's over here kissing the fucking feet of this executive. Fuck him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wanted that fame. Yeah. <laughs> wanted that. Even though he was talented, they could still kill his fucking career easily. Especially back then, before the internet. If you didn't have them, if you weren't in their pocket, just you're done. Fucking, they could kill you off. Yeah. Not kill you off, <laughs> but your career. They could kill yeah. off your career. I should say that. <laughs> Or, you know, some of them might be able to kill you, yeah, too. Yeah. I uh, I bet they did kill off Janet Jackson and replace her with a clone like they did with Paul McCartney. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, reptilians. And all. True. So they Very might have true. all been reptilians in the first. Who knows? <laughs> but getting back to kind of like the incidents and maybe some conspiracies uh, surrounding this event. In reaction to the incidents, most, if not all, people actually believed that this was actually a stunt that had gone completely to plan. As Janet, like we mentioned before, had actually worn nipple-piercing jewelry underneath her outfit, which was exposed after Timberlake pulled off her top or the fabric on covering her breasts. Most journalists and social commentators were of the impression, along with most of society, that the only reason why someone would wear the sunburst shield piercing jewelry that she had had on was if the plan all along was just expose her nipples on national television. Okay. Um, obviously, I think that thought is 
incorrect personally, but um, if we're live, you know, we got to take our place, our minds back to more of a, I don't want to say puritanical, but more of that type of mindset where it's like boobs bad, dick bad, vagina <laughs> bad, um, yeah. that type of like kind of, I don't know, anti-sexual thing like America was for a long time. Well, definitely at that time, it was a very, very puritanical history. Um, the thing is, I think now it's it's not actually better. It's just different. So back then, all of the shaming really occurred with like celebrity uh, because that was the only way you could really, you know, that something like this could only happen to a huge celebrity because no one really cared. Now it seems like anyone can have, you know, this kind of shaming happen to them. Really, there's, you know, videos on the internet, uh, basically the slut shaming that occurred, I'm trying to think what it's called, the revenge, the revenge porns. Yeah, that's the yeah. big one. That's the, that, I was trying to think of that, that term, but, you know, revenge porn, which is actually becoming like illegal now, which is great, but that became huge in the past decade. Really, though, it it's different. There's more cameras definitely now than there's ever been, obviously. Everyone has one in their fucking pockets. Uh, but, yeah, definitely back then, during the Bush years, this kind of puritanical wave uh, hit the country. So, Yeah. Based off your statement, 2004, Fox News, I could 1 million percent see them saying, like, only a whore would have a nipple <laughs> ring. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the guy who used to be on there. Like, he was the old Tucker Carlson. He got taken off for sexual harassment or something. I can't remember what his fucking name is. Uh, oh, yeah. The, they made that fucking movie. He was on that movie. They were portrayed on that fucking uh, the movie about the sexual harassment and the shit that happened at Fox News. Yeah. Whatever his name is, there's probably, he probably released the book like they all do. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, Byra Daly, who was a body piercer at Torin Piercing and Metal Shop in Houston, Texas, had claimed that Janet Jackson stylist Wayne Scott Lucas actually walked into their shop during the week of the Super Bowl and told them who he had worked for and what she had needed. Apparently, he was there to buy some piercing jewelry. He then settled on the now famous sunburst shield for a nipple piercing, which he purchased that day and told Daly to watch the Super Bowl halftime show because something huge was going to happen. Is this confirmed information? Yeah. So uh, in an interview with a newspaper this or an Internet article, this Byra Daly actually talks about this. Also, Wayne Scott Lucas talks about it, but he kind of, I'll talk about it in a little bit. He pushes the blame more on Justin Timberlake than, of course, himself. Yeah, yeah. I suppose he probably would do that. Yeah. Also, according to Byra Daly, Lucas only purchased one nipple shield, even though they came in a pair. According to Daly, who had claimed that after the incident, he couldn't wait to sell the other shield, saying it was weird to have around the shop. Okay. Is it is it confirmed? I guess it'd be hard to tell, but that she only has one side nipple shield on? Well, 
I mean, you can't really tell from the video. So I don't know. It's just, just according to what this guy said, who sold the nipple shield, supposedly, allegedly, that sort of thing. But it does kind of add to it that she only bought one, like only wore one. So on the side, that was going to be, you know, exposed that night. That's kind of the, the conspiracy theory. It's weird to me that the guy, if she's obviously millionaire at this point, um, that the tattoo or the piercer would even be like, oh, I'll sell you just one when they come in a pair. Like, you're never going to probably sell the other one. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. But that was kind of part of the story was that he only one that he only wanted one, even though they like there was two of them. Hmm. Okay. It just seems like a now, hole in his story. That's all I'm getting. But oh, maybe not. gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, you would have to buy. I'm not a huge jewelry. Fan. I don't know. I, you know, don't have never wore fucking any jewelry at all. Uh, so I don't know if you if something comes in a pair, if you can just buy like one at a time or whatnot. I don't know. Our nipple shield experts out there, you uh, you also email us. Yeah, if you're a <laughs> if you're listening to this, well, let us know. Now, according to Jackson Stylist, the whole thing was Justin Timberlake's idea with him wanting a big reveal. And this was apparently after his ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears, had kissed Madonna on live television and kind of made like a huge splash. He wanted something big as well claiming that his original idea was to step on the back of Janet Jackson's dress, which would expose her bare ass and apparently a pearl thong that she would be wearing, though the idea would later on change to what actually happened with the outfit malfunction actually coming from a perfectly functioning malfunction, according to Lucas. Also, Jackson's tailor, Marcelo Garzon, was apparently not allowed to comment on the incident. He claimed it was because he had signed an NDA, though he claimed he'd signed the NDA before the performance, which sounds a little weird, though it might be one of those deals where they make everyone sign NDAs. Yeah. Kind of like famous people do that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's weird because they probably everybody on the staff had to sign NDA. Um, Oh, yeah. The... I... hmm. I'm getting the impression from this that Justin Timberlake is a little bitch. So <laughs> I could, I think if I, I could see him planning this big spectacle and then when it yeah. blew up in his face, he was like, no, 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 it's, 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 it's Janet's fault. And um, it all came from her people. Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Les Moonvies or Vez, whatever, let me suck your toes and please forgive me. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because he's straddling the line. He still claims that it was only meant to be like him ripping one layer off, but he also claims that just ripping the one layer off was all of their idea, that sort of thing. So it's not a collaboration, really. It's like, I just went along with, please just love me. You know, one of those deals. Yeah. CBS, don't be mad at me. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. Are you thinking this is an accident? Because, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a definitive answer here that we have or you're ever going to get unless one of the two of them 
admits to something. Um, but it's kind of seeming like maybe they, the nipple was the plan all along. Oh, yeah. So I kind of came into this um, wanting to be neutral on, you know, because I really I'd forgotten much of it. I kind of got this idea a few weeks ago from a YouTube video that I saw. But after, you know, kind of peering into it and learning a lot about it, I would say I'm on board with you. Um, I think that the idea was the entire time uh, to, you know, rip the whole thing off. And I don't think that they really thought that it was going to be, you know, that horrible. I also think that there was more people in on it than just the three people, than just this Lucas guy, uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. I think that it might have been the idea kind of the whole time. It's just everyone shut their mouths after it happened. And apparently also Michael Powell, he was saying like later on in his that I had read that he kind of believes that there was more people involved in it as well. He doesn't think that like something like this just happened, you know? Yeah. I, I think with the information you've gathered here, I would tend to believe that as well. And I think obviously when it blew up, Justin Timberlake was just trying to do self-serving damage control. Oh yeah. He wanted to become as famous as possible. He was on the rise. Maybe Jackson was looking, you know, she was in her uh, mid thirties at that time, which I mean, you know, not bad at all. Like she was still (laughs) doing great for herself, but maybe she was worried about her career declining in the next few years, maybe trying to make a big thing. Madonna, we had just said, had just had that kiss with Britney Spears and that was, you know, that blew her up uh, pretty good. So maybe she was also looking for some, some heat. So yeah, I think Janet, the impression she's given me is that it blew up and she wasn't going to apologize for it. Unlike Justin, who was ready to suck and fuck whoever he needed to be to get back in the limelight. Yeah, well, in the immediate aftermath of the incident, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, they, they both apologize. Uh, Janet Jackson, though, would stop apologizing and then just kind of you know, stop talking. I don't think she stopped talking about it for two years uh, until she basically like went on with, I think a talk show to talk about it. But she would later say that she regretted apologizing for it at all. Kind of because she was still talking about how it was a malfunction and it wasn't really her fault and it didn't go as planned. Uh, She basically was saying she didn't, you know, she shouldn't have apologized for it, uh, that she regretted it. It's one of those weird things where now, if you uh, like, okay, with cancel culture now, I kind of want to get into a little bit at the end about cancel culture today and kind of how things were back then. Today, if you apologize for for something you did publicly, you are fucked. They are going to come after you and destroy you. They smell blood. Back then, it was probably the thing that you did just to, you know, move things along. Be like, oh, I'm sorry. Can we get past this? Nowadays, you wouldn't apologize at all because they will eat you alive. Yeah, this I don't think this would have gotten cancel cultured. But um, yeah, because as far as we know, they're not doing anything bad. So so back then, Janet Jackson took heat for this and Justin Timberlake pretty much got off scot free. 
if this happened today, those roles would be completely reversed. Justin Timberlake would be ostracized by society. They wouldn't even allow him to leave his home. And Janet Jackson would be like a hero, pretty much, you know, or victimized. They wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been the butt of the jokes or the bad guy. She would have been, everyone would have, you know, like brought her up, that sort of situation. Justin Timberlake would have been seen as the bad guy for like ripping her clothes off. Yeah, that is uh, that is possible. I still don't think either of them would have been canceled, though. Um, so the 2018, I believe, Super Bowl that Justin Timberlake performed on, a lot of people tried to boycott that halftime show because they were still mad about Justin Timberlake and what he did at the original halftime show he was on. 15 years later? Yeah. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I'm sure... This was, as you mentioned, the Alpha Karen, who her children are now 19, 20, 21. And she's worried (laughs) about another wardrobe malfunctioning, you know, spoiling her her child's mind, even though the dude is definitely, or girl, has definitely found Pornhub or X videos. Maroon 5, I forgot what the guy's name is, the guy who, the lead singer, he performed at the Super Bowl halftime show one year, and he he sang an entire song with his shirt off. There was a lot of articles that I read kind of bitching that he was allowed to perform with his shirt off, but Janet Jackson had like a nipple exposed for half a second and was pretty much, you know, canceled by society for years, which obviously it's, it's different. But, yeah, it's kind of the argument they're making. You know what? I say if uh, a guy cannot have a shirt on if he doesn't want to, why not a girl? I don't really care. Um, It's funny you mention him because he did get (laughs) kind of canceled because of... uh, I remember when that happened, everybody was making memes about his California tattoo. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then he, he got... He got kind of canceled because he was uh, got caught cheating on his wife. Remember, he sent the text message and he's like, said something about a girl's butt. And he's like, holy fuck, holy fucking fuck. Do you remember that? No, that was <laughs> dude. Yeah, he he got he got caught. I wouldn't say grooming, but oh, uh, he, OK, yeah, he um was talking with uh, some very young ladies and they got his text message and he the way he says it in the text message about this girl's butt is just like so fucking cringy. Um, yeah. But yeah. What I was going to say. So I, you were talking about like women walking around without their tops on if they don't want to. And you, so I've been to uh, Spain. Uh, we went to a beach. There was a park that we went to kind of with like, you know, where people are sunbathing or there's a big fountain that, you know, people like kind of hang out around. Uh, once you see just like, you know, like tits kind of out for, you know, after about 15, 20 seconds, you don't even really notice it anymore. You know, I mean, it's not like the shock value kind of goes away once you just walk it around and it's just everywhere, you know? Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't really think it's a big deal. I think if women want to be topless, just let them be. People will get over it eventually. You know what I mean? Like. It's just a part of the human body. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but a lot of paychecks, you know, depend on <laughs> keeping them covered pretty much. It's, you know, well, the, maybe they should the, change the church. Society. 
you know, the all of the fucking everything, basically all of the advertisers trying to sell you anything. It all depends on, you know, keeping that restricted kind of deal. So I think that's a lot of, you yeah. know, that's a lot of, it. I, especially the, especially the religions. I guarantee Phil, that. you would start going to church again. If the pastor had his cock out and the nuns had their tits <laughs> out. <laughs> Honestly, no, we did not go to one of those where <laughs> there were young nuns. No, there was <laughs> the nuns that taught at our school were about 175 years old. Wait, no, you wouldn't want to see that. Are no. you saying all the nuns on Pornhub, they're not real sisters of God? No. I've they, been uh, lied to this whole time. <laughs> Fuck no, this. No, you've been lied. You fell into the trap. No, Damn you've been it. lied to this whole time. Damn no, it. Especially, especially now that like, you know, no one under the age of 40 like really believes in that stuff. They're probably not getting nuns anymore. I, I bet they missed out on a whole couple of generations by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, Phil, you got any any other closing comments on this? No, just, uh, you know, I don't know. Really, it's pretty interesting to to look up. It was a lot. Obviously, you think of Janet Jackson, anyone kind of like our age still like, you know, thinks back to that. But really, she still surprisingly, I didn't realize this. She still put out albums. They were pretty successful after this. And she kind of just, you know, her career waned kind of naturally. It wasn't as abrupt as I thought it was. I would say it's kind of crazy, but it didn't affect her career as much as it wasn't the career killer than I thought. Let's just say that. No, it. Uh, I was looking at her thing. She's still touring in 2023. Yeah. So she is doing just fine. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure she's <laughs> I'm sure she's got plenty of money stashed away. So I'm sure she's fine. If you need an opening act, Janet, um, Phil and I are here. Uh, we're on team. I'm on team Janet. I don't know about Phil, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm on team Janet for this. I think. It okay. Was, uh, JT. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard anybody call him J. No, I thought you said JTT, but he said JT. Okay. JT. Uh, no, it's so all the news articles that I read 2004 to 2007, I've just read his name as JT like a thousand times. So JTT is a different legend of olden times. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. No, no, I said JT. It's probably my, my shitty internet made it sound like JT. Ah, that's T. okay. Um, only we know the true JTT, the, the legend. <laughs> All right, Phil, we've got the perfect platform for <laughs> emails and messages this week. Um, where can they communicate? Oh, you were trying to you were trying to feed me that, weren't you? Yes. I didn't even realize. So our email is subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up, you know, we've actually got quite a few messages, uh, not only from email, but also from our Instagram, uh, subliminal deception podcast on IG. Go ahead. Uh, we love to hear from you guys, you know, episode ideas, you know, what you like, what you don't like, just want to talk, you know, it's all good. We actually got a really good episode idea that I'm thinking about doing in a couple of weeks on uh, some medical conspiracies. So maybe a part two. Uh, Cody and I also have our own Instagram. Mine is completely dead, but Cody, you have one. Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Zabub. I, uh, I also got some recommendations as well this week. So uh, thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us. The last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes, leave a show five-star view. It doesn't particularly matter what you type in there. Just uh, type 
whatever you want. I don't really care. Just make sure it's five stars. Hit submit. If you're a Spotify user, it's even easier. You just hit five stars. Hit submit. That's all you got to do. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to help us out. Excellent episode, Phil. A little blast from the past. I This <laughs> had been completely wiped from my memory, but I'm glad... We recovered it, got a little bit more information, and I feel comfortable with our deductions today. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.